This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, March 23rd. S&P futures are trading down about 71 points. That's about 3.15%. So that's obviously a large decline, but it's, uh, you know, an improvement from where they were last night. So the futures had been limited down at one point. So they had gotten all the way down to about 2175. So now they're up to 2215. So mild improvement off the lows from last night. Um, Europe is down. The major European indices are trading down about 4%. Um, Asia finished in the red across the board with the exception of Japan, which saw um, you know, a decent bounce. So a lot of news to go through, a ton of news to go through. Um, you know, I'm not going to go through every single headline on this podcast. And I would say that a lot of it is very consistent with many of the same themes and trends that we've been seeing. So you have, um, you know, to kind of break everything down into various different buckets, you have more city, states, and countries introducing travel and assembly restrictions, um, including in the U.S. You have about one third of the population now, including California, New York, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, a couple of other states as well, having these, um, you know, depending on each state, I think has a different phrase for it, but essentially you're shutting down all non-essential businesses. Um, You're mandating essentially everyone be working from home. Um, You know, so obviously you're seeing that occur more in the U.S. and you're seeing other countries um, in Europe and in Asia, you know, enact similar measures. So you had Italy was was tightening its its restrictions on travel and assembly. Germany announced some fresh restrictions. So, um, you know, this is the theme that you're seeing across the across the world, and obviously, it's going to create um, you know an enormous headwind on growth. So, you, know, you continue to have Wall Street banks slash their estimates for growth. The the weakest number I've seen came from Morgan Stanley was out, I believe, Sunday, and they're calling for U.S. GDP in Q2 to slump thirty percent. Um, and a lot of other banks, you know, are, are forecasting in the 20s uh, decline for Q2. Global GDP will probably slump this year, probably worse than it occurred during the financial crisis. Um, you know, so you're seeing the fallout from a lot of these restrictive measures um, clearly run through numbers, and it's clearly running through earnings. So you've seen a ton of companies come out. I mean, you should assume that every single company, to the extent they gave guidance, is undershooting that guidance. I don't think you need companies to tell you that at this point. Everyone is is is. Um, you know, falling short of their prior guidance, and you're seeing a slew of companies come out and take action to bolster their balance sheet. So that includes obviously cutting costs, pulling down on credit lines, and then suspending capital returns. So you had Boeing, Airbus, Delta all came out after the Friday close and announced um, similar updates as as far as uh, you know, again um, suspending capital return to shareholders. You know, you should you should assume anyone in aerospace, anyone in retail, any restaurant. Um, those are the industries being hit most acutely by the coronavirus to the extent they were um, buying back stock and or paying dividends. I think any type of capital return in that industry is suspect um, other than maybe for the most marquee blue chip type of stock. So, you know, McDonald's, for example, came out last week and said they've suspended the buyback, but not the dividend. The dividend will be in place. Um, so, you know, the bluest chip companies like that are probably safe on the dividend front, although I think any buyback is probably being placed on hold. You know, across the board, you've seen companies, even the banks, which have the capacity to be repurchasing stock in this environment, have suspended buybacks. So, 
um, you know, not to spend too much time on this, but you know, we we were kind of coming out of the golden era of capital return across the board for corporate America, and I think that's very much coming to an end. Even once this crisis ends, I think you'll see companies uh, manage their balance sheets in a much more conservative fashion than was the case before. Um, as far as policy responses, um, you know, that is still obviously a huge theme on the monetary and the fiscal front. So you have this giant U.S. bill that you know McConnell released his blueprint uh, uh, Thursday night. It was about $1 trillion over the weekend. It's since risen, depending on, um, you know, depending on which media report is, is doing the reporting, um, it could be as large as $1.8 to $2 trillion. So I think a key feature of this bill, the Treasury has this exchange stabilization fund, which is essentially a pool of money um, that the Fed can utilize. So a lot of these Fed liquidity measures uh, liquidity facilities that have been unveiled in the last week or so, all are being funded with capital from this exchange stabilization fund at the Treasury. So this bill that is being um, negotiated in Congress would essentially put 400 plus billion into that exchange stabilization fund, which is a huge influx of capital that the Fed can then lever up to essentially four trillion plus. Um, I think that is a key feature of the bill that was not apparent in the McConnell blueprint. Um, and I think that if that were to come to fruition, obviously it creates an enormous pool of liquidity that can be utilized to help corporate bonds, which has been kind of, um, you know, I think a missing piece of a lot of these policy announcements from the Fed. We'll have to see how it all unfolds. The, um, you know, the the negotiation process. I think McConnell had hoped that there would be a passable bill in place by Sunday night with a vote taking place today. That's not going to occur. There was a procedural vote in the Senate last night that failed. Negotiations are still go- ongoing. They continue throughout the night. There, I'm, I'm sure they're continuing as we speak. Um, I think that di- it's much, much more likely that a bill will pass than not. I think it may take a couple of days. You know, the Congress does not move as quickly as the Fed. There's obviously a very complex political process to go through. Um, but neither side is seems to be pushing back on the, the issue of money, which I think is a big distinction from prior fiscal battles in Congress, where one side usually was pushing for a number. Um, that deviated dramatically from the other side. The, neither side really seems to be raising an issue of money. It's more, I think, some of the mechanics and some of the features of the bill. So I'd have to imagine that you can iron those out. Um, and once that, once that, the, you know, assuming that happens, then I, I think this feature of this kind of exchange stabilization fund and then the Fed being able to utilize it um, is certainly going to be a positive. Germany will be formally unveiling and passing its fiscal response to the crisis. Um, which is worth a few hundred billion dollars. I outlined that um, in the Vital Dawn today, and then the EU apparently is going to be nego- is is going to be considering some other fiscal measures. So the EU has this ESM fund that was created in the wake of the financial crisis that has the ability to extend credit lines to various different countries. So there has been talk about you activating the ESM and and extending credit lines. Um, essentially to most European countries, even the stronger ones, to kind of remove the stigma attached to it. So you don't want to just extend a single credit line to, say, Italy, which could suggest further fiscal weakness. Um, you know, that was if you go back to the TARP in the financial crisis in the U.S., where all the banks were required to participate, um, you know, to remove the stigma of any one bank receiving money. I think that's the philosophy that Europe is considering with this ESM. So we'll have to see how that unfolds. But you're seeing dramatic monetary and fiscal response from governments. I think much, much more aggressive and much faster than during the um, financial crises in the US and Europe um, of 2008 and then of 2011. Um, 
you know, the question is again, this is this is a a uh, you know biological crisis that's not obviously going to be responding. Nevertheless, I think that the accumulation of all these measures from central banks and politicians will become an issue for markets, on a positive issue for markets. I think eventually you are going to see markets respond to it. Um, you know, I think again, once this, um, I wouldn't focus so much on on the um, you know the the minute to minute state of negotiations in Congress. I think this bill, once it passes with this exchange stabilization fund, is going to be a positive. So I do continue to think that you know, your risks are skewed higher just as far as markets responding to all these measures. Um, but I, I, I think you fade any, any type of uptake in this market. Um, so as far as the calendar, I think, you know, as far as scheduled news is concerned, there's really nothing, I think, major um, that really matters. I think it's a question of watching to see how, this, how everything plays out in Congress. Um, again, there should be another procedural vote today in the Senate. Um, Watching this German announcement as far as fiscal policy, watching any of the EU announcements on the e, on the ESM, the one number that I think people will be watching closely are the initial jobs claims in the U.S. on Thursday. That's where you're going to see the most immediate fallout from the coronavirus. So some people think that number could be as high as three million, which would be a record by far, blowing away the prior record. Um, as you are seeing a lot of companies again in the industries most levered to the coronavirus are laying off or forlorning, um, you know, tens of thousands of employees. You saw a lot of announcements from hotels over the weekend. So that initial number, um, you know, should spike on Thursday. Other than that, though, you know, there are a few other events on the schedule, but none of them, I think, are super critical. Um, so that is everything else. Like I said, there's a, a ton more news that I'm not going to be able to get through on this call. Um, I have I have been sitting around updates as far as all the actual announcements from governments in terms of the actions being taken on the fiscal monetary front, I'll be updating that as we go forward. Um, so that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.